Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from SlyFlourish.com with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running a homebrew Eberron game called uh, Eberron the Second Morning. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the Sly Flourish patrons, the patrons of Sly Flourish. You too can be a patron of Sly Flourish by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and helping to support the show. As a supporter of the show, you get access to a bunch of different things. A uh, exclusive adventure called Regnum Raddus, the Rats in the Cellar. A set of adventure generators, which are sort of inspirational sheets that give you uh, ways to think about adventures based around a, a, a theme or topic, and then a bunch of tables to help you roll on it, come up with ideas like Seven Samurai, Jaws, uh, Heart of Darkness, a bunch of different uh, themes. There is uh, also Sly Flourish's Uncovered Secrets is a, uh, a PDF available to patron backers in which I offer one page um, supplements to 5th edition D&D to make it easier to run D&D games. This includes like running hordes, uh, an easier benchmark for encounter balance, and things like that. So uh, those are, every month I'm adding a new one of those. Um, yeah, so where are we? Uh, we, I remember somebody asked like, hey, I'd like to know how the last game went. So why don't we actually look at our notes from last week? Uh, I got a couple windows here. I want to close. We go to Notion. Uh, I am using Notion for. Oh, don't look at that. Oh, get out of there. Um, so I'm I'm using Notion for my. Um, uh, for my game prep. Uh, and if you want to know more about Notion, if you're in the chat. You can, I'm typing it out, there we go, Notion. So you can learn more about using Notion for DM, for, for, for uh, preparing for a DM game, for preparing for your D&D game in the lazy DM prep style. Uh, and let's see, so we're gonna look at last Sunday's notes. So we go into my old adventures folder here, we go all the way to the end and we look at October 11th. So what happened last Sunday? So these are the prep notes we put together last week. Uh, and we're going to look at uh, where we were. So they did get attacked by the warf the Wareforge of Black Tusk. Yes, and I used interesting monsters from Arcana of the Ancients. Uh, Arcana of the Ancients is a uh, book done by Monty Cook Games for D&D 5th edition. Um, let me pull it up here. Uh, i got to find it. Oh, let's do this. Um, Arcana of the Ancients is a book written by Monty Cook Games. It is, it is material that they had generated for, uh, Numenera, but they, they changed it. They, they statted it up for Pathfinder and, uh, Arcana of the Ancients really has two major sections, gear, stuff you can give to your characters, like rewards, which includes ciphers, which are very cool. And on the other side, monsters. Uh, there is also a new monster book that just came out called Beasts of Flesh and Steel, which is more Numenera monsters created for fifth edition that also has stuff. These monsters, because they're like this hyper-technical, uh, you know, science fantasy-ish monstery types actually work really well in Eberron. And I was like, this would be a really cool way to, to bring this in. So uh, I started off, uh, and I think they're called Gazers. Uh, let's go through here. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Lots of cool stuff. Gray samplers. Where's the Gazer? This guy, right? So a gazer, uh, and I know there's gazers in 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 D and D two, which are beholders. When I mentioned gazers, all my players thought I was talking about gazers from um, uh, from D and D. So um, they are very small. They're CR one eight, right? They have seven hit points and thirteen AC, but they can fly a hundred feet. They can move really fast, and they have this uh, swarm targeting, where as long as two or more gazers are targeting the same one, they get advantage on. It. So it's like pack tactics. It's like ranged pack tactics. 
Um, and they're super accurate. And all they do is fire beams. So during the battle, uh, I had them... Um, I had the werewolves, one of the, one of the bigger wereforged, which are like warforged werewolves, right? Open a bag up and sent four of these things up in the air, like, like sneeches from Harry Potter. And they go, they're zipping around and they're firing beams at people. And boy, they like, they scared people like they're CR 1-8 and they have seven hit points. So finally the, the, uh, um, shift, um, uh, shift uh uh the the warfor or the yeah she's a warforged warlock she started blasting with eldritch blast and she was knocking about two at a time right because the 13 ac and she's like plus nine to hit so she's bang bang and she does a bunch of damage each. so she was just knocking them out of the sky right but but it took them a while before they worried about those they were so worried about the warforged like we're not gonna worry about those but then they started getting hit and they're like the guys have advantage and they're critting and they're doing 10 points of damage and a hit and a crit and it's oh so that was fun and that was a cool way to bring things in then i had them see some other things they were like other kind of crazy weird they saw like this giant walking locust thing that was all technical i forget what it's called like a it's not a retriever but it's like that and they're like oh geez stay away from that thing right so they saw this weird stuff in Eston, and i love the idea that Eston is sort of like willy wonka's chocolate factory went bad right and also there's like the remnants of the war is here and so there's all these different factions in the city and all these different places that they can go and there was all these warring things, but there's also these like weird mechanical horrors that are out there that are like dissecting people to try to find Warforged parts, right? Really kind of neat. So I, I, so that that worked out really well. Secrets and clues wise, let's look away. The Black Tusks and Antithesis of Balance of the Four Wind Shifters. I did mention that. So who are the Black The Black Tusks are a, uh, they're Warforged werewolves. And that's because I'm playtesting a fantastic lair um, that is about a frost. It's called, uh, um, it's called the Curse of Black Ice. And it's about a frost giant werewolf and 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 his minions, and um, <clears throat> uh, I want to play test it. And it's they're right at the right level. It's eighth level, and they're eighth level. So I'm throwing it right in here. Uh, but in order to make it Eberron, I'm like, why don't we? You know, we want to make a Eberron, make a Warforge. Plus they're in Eston, and Eston is like the birthplace of Warforge and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, Imperate Defalarm was captured by the Black Tusk Warforge and taken to the yes. Powerful magic in Eston has been released, causing living spells to run rampant. I don't think that's true. I don't think that I, I mentioned that. Karshak is treated as a god in Eston, particularly by the children of the god drums, who make sacrifices every day during the god drums play. Yes. Karshak resides in a huge sealed sarcophagus known as Karshak's crash. Yes. Uh, the Black Tusk Warforge saw what Imperate Defalarm carried and brought it, brought it and her to their leader, Black Tusk. Yes. Many powerful weapons of war still exist in caches beneath the streets of Eston. No. So uh, of these, this doesn't look like 10. This looks like nine. Um, so um, yeah, about half of the secret, you know, that's pretty typical. About half the secrets get revealed. I do 10, about half get revealed uh, and that's fine. And I don't necessarily carry over the remainder. Uh, I like to come up with new secrets every time. Uh, because it gets your brain working. It means that the world is evolving, right? The world evolves around the characters and new secrets, old secrets go away, new secrets come up. Sometimes I'll copy and paste a bunch and I'll move them over because they're, they're really going to stick around. But a lot of times they'll go back and forth. So fantastic locations. I have Eston, I have the Lair of Black Tusk, I have Karshak's Crash and Skyfall Tower. Imperate de Falar and Cyrus de Kenneth are the NPCs. So they... So what the characters do? The characters went around Eston. They met a uh, Abelard of the Greys. We're going to copy that guy. Um, they met Abelard of the Greys, who convinced them to go to. I think they looked at the front. Did they? Did they scope out the front of black of of the black tusks? I can't remember if they did. They might have. Um, and then they said, "Well, let's go to the theater of the Greys." And so the theater of the Greys is where the gray. It's like a small 
fortified theater uh, where the Greys hang out. And I think I'm actually, I could steal the theater from um, Fantastic Locations uh, because there's a theater called the Theater of the Mind in Fantastic Locations. So I'm going to grab that up. Uh, yeah, so that is what happened last week. Uh, and as far as like what I used from my notes, uh, I did not use the Rod of the Pack Keeper. Uh, I've got these things, um, which I didn't. Oh, yeah, the Frigid Wall Projector, which I did steal from, from the other one. Anyway, that's where that currently stands. So let's create a new thing. So in the new template, I could just go bink, and it creates a new session temp template. So much easier. Uh, 18 October... Uh, and the start of the session is the God drums. Um, the God drums are ZZ Top's uh, Velcro Fly. Uh, oh, ads. Um, uh, so the God drums, uh, the God drums are, I know theater of the mind is being snarky. Let's see. Uh, fantastic locations. Uh, I'm going to have to go dig for this cause it's old and not indexed apparently. Um, documents, fantastic locations. Fantastic locations. Come on, where's the ebook? Let's take a look at that. Oh, that's not right. What is that? Man, you'd think I'd had a um a better access to the PDF. So here is uh there's probably people who've never even heard of Fantastic Locations before. So it was my first real book. Like it's after Return of the Lazy, or it's after Lazy Dungeon Master, but not before Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. It was my second Kickstarter. Um, and it doesn't sell particularly well. It's got 20 locations. The whole idea was 20 fantastic locations that you can drop into any RPG that are that are not set to any setting and that are not, uh, that they don't have plots or stories or monsters. They're just places. Um, and Theater of the Mind is one of them. So the, uh, all the artwork is done by Brian Patterson from D20 Monkey, who right now is also doing all of the artwork for um, uh, Nazi Dracula Must Die, Hitler, Hitler, Hitler Vampire, Nazi Dracula Must Die, I think it's called. Um, a new Kickstarter that's out right now. So the Theater of the Mind, does it have a map? Yeah, so this is one of the reasons why it didn't do well, is they don't have maps. Um, and people would probably really want maps. I would, if I did this again, I would do it with maps. Uh, but it was a reason I didn't do it with maps. And that was because um, I didn't want, uh, I wanted you to be able to flex the location around to what you need. So it's the list of locations itself. But I can see where like a good argument to be had. It's like, hey, you got a nice piece of art, but what the hell is all this stuff, right? Uh, it does have flavor text. It does have descriptions, but you know, it doesn't have a map. Um, and you know, maps are right better. So uh, let's go to Dyson. Does he have a theater? Um, let's do search for Dyson theater map. Uh, Dyson logos tavern. I don't know. We're going to have to, we'll have to go through. Let's, let's take a look at his inns and taverns. Cause there might be a theater in here. I'll do a search for theater. Nope. 
Yeah, so it might be hard to find a, a theater. I think maybe there's one in... Um, uh, in Eberron, there might be a theater. Source books, Eberron, right in the last war. Um, let's do a quick look here. Actually, the uh, let's go. Adventures in Sharn might have maps. Um, I know there's a bunch of Dyson maps that are inside um, <clears throat> uh, Eberron Rising: The Last War. This looks pretty good. Uh, I kind of like this. This could work pretty well. This is a yeah. It's a nightclub, right? That's good enough. So we'll we'll just uh, open up a player version of that and put that on the side. Um, mostly to just get an idea of what this place looks like, and you know, and and yeah, players like maps. So you can drop a map on a player. I'm just looking to see if there's. I thought there was another theater somewhere. I thought I saw one. Um, we'll go through this building adventures. Take a look for maps. I'm not seeing any. This looks good. It's an arcane workshop. That's a cool map though, right? Yeah. It's worth going through the books and seeing what it has. Um, an Ori, that's cool. I swear there was a theater. It's the wrecked, that's kind of cool. Big wrecked temple on the side. And I know there's a, a fallen destroyed. I've used these maps before in other games. One last thing we'll look down here. Uh, what is that? Fortified Outpost. The Nave. There's a lot of maps. Dyson did a lot of maps for this place. Um, It's a library. I might wish I'd use that. I had a library and I didn't use it. I ended up stealing another Dyson map for the library. Sometimes you have so many maps, it's easy to forget what you've got. There's the train. Yeah, I guess I can't I can't think of where there was a theater. Oh well. Hell with it. I'm good with that other map. We'll use this guy. Um uh, so we'll let's see. We're gonna save this to my desktop. And then um, we will go into Notion and we're going to go to locations because I know it's going to start off here. And we will say add Theater of the Grays. And you create a new page in Eberron and you click it and you say image and we choose an image and we go to desktop and you go into here and you drop in that map and you got a new map and that's cool. Right, so now we got the Theater of the Greys uh, location with a map ready to go. Uh, and it's a, you've got a nice backlink here, but what we're gonna do, this is the trick. So I created a new page, right? And it stuck it down here. I can drag it to the campaign database. And now it's a database entry, not a page. And I go Theater of the Greys and I go into Tags. And I give it a location tag. And now it is tagged as a location in the campaign database like normal. And all the links work back. So now if I go to here and I say uh, the God Drums uh, play as the characters 
head into the theater of the grays. Uh, with, and then what was the guy's name? Uh, something the gray. Uh, Abelard the Gray. Abelard of the Grays. All right. Nice. Look at all those hyperlinks. So that is the start. Um, I think the scenes will be like last rest before Karshak. Uh, probably. Uh, you know, I don't know the next time they get a long rest. Um, I kind of start with a battle all the time. I think I might not start with a battle this time. Um, I should pay attention to what's going on in the chat. Uh, so um, I don't know where they're going to go, but tr uh, exploring Eston and um, Lair of Black Tusks. Lair of the Black Tusks. Is another area they're going to go to. Uh, and then Karshak, right? Karshak's crash. So in this case, my scenes are really locations. Um, that's fine. And, you know, I can actually just, uh, you know, I can certainly grab a couple of these and stick them down in my fantastic locations because it's the same place. Uh, why didn't that? There we go. Um Because uh, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, there's another location that's here that they may visit. Oh, they probably will. It's very possible because it's the birthplace of uh, Shift. And that's um, Skyfall Tower. Uh, Skyfall Tower. Oh, and, and Esten, right? We got to put Esten at the top of these because uh, Esten is a big city. So it's kind of interesting that now that I've run two groups through the city of Eston, I have a lot of stuff going on in Eston. I have a lot of places. I have a lot of maps. I have a lot of like places to explore, a lot of things that are going on in the city. The city's sort of built out. It's kind of funny because as soon as both both groups leave, I'll have a super fleshed out city that will just get fleshed out to the last second. And then it's like, oh, and then it goes away. It goes back into the dust. Um, so that's kind of interesting uh, and sad. But it's not like, you know, I mean, I'm using everything that I'm, you know, one nice thing is I'm making maps of every place that's actually going to get visited. Um, so, uh, we have, uh, Abelard, Abelard of the Greys, we have, uh, Imperi, um, and we have, um, Silas, Silas to Kenneth are my NPCs, uh, I'm like skipping over secrets, aren't I? Um, so secrets and clues. Uh, Silas, I think they already know this. Um, taught. There's two Kenneths. Um, not Hadrian. Uh, Vincent. Uh, how to build Warforged during the last uh, war. Uh, Silas was one of the four best artificers in House Kenneth and indeed the world. 
Silas. So who's Silas? Silas Silas Dekaneth is one of the uh, you know, one of the four best artificers in House Kenneth who was thought killed at the end of the last war, but has in fact been in seclusion in Skyfall Tower, uh, kind of continuing to work on the inventions that are now outlawed by the um, uh, the Treaty of Thronehold. Um, and Silas is also this is already known. Silas is uh, Shift's grandfather of sorts. He was there when she was built, and it was not a pleasant birth. She actually sent me some. Uh, uh, Juliet, the player, sent me some flash fiction of her, like them screwing with her mind and her like smashing the walls until her arms are bloody. So it's it's pretty grim, and that was from the player side, you know. So, hey, you, you want grim for your story? I'm I'm on board. Um, so the idea that like oh, Silas continues, uh, fantastic and horrible machines. Uh, Abelis has got to run. Yeah. Uh, thanks for all your writing. I started GMing 13th Age for the first time. I love 13th Age. I have 13th Age sitting right here, you know, among my other books. But I got sitting at my desk is 13th Age. Great system. Love it. I'd probably play that more if I wasn't playing 5th Edition as much. Um, it's a really cool system. Silas continues to build fantastic and horrible machines uh, in seclusion in Skyfall. Skyfall Tower. Um, I like that many, whoops, I'm, I'm hyperlinking everything. Many machines, uh, still exist. Many machines of war. Oh, what the, what did I just do? What did I do? I did something terrible. There we go. Everything good? A little bit of room on the left there. Dude. There we go. I, I pressed something bad. Many machines uh, of war still exist beneath, in the tunnels and caches beneath Eston. I don't need to hyperlink Eston every time. Uh, what other secrets do we have? Um, Silas built Crash, uh, not Crash, uh, Karshak. Um, built Karshak, but Karshak has evolved since then shardic the giant bear forge yeah oh man now you're getting me interested there's actually some stuff in arcana of the ancient sets like that there's some critters in here um that are are like a yeah look at that guy you want your shardic calorail fused organic and inorganic monster it is a cr14 slams for 10 bludgeoning 10 acid on a hit and does three attacks one bite two with bludgeoning limbs the bite is 22 damage oh man it regains 10 hit points a hit that thing's never going down legendary actions make slams attacks moves 
sees object absorption, sets itself to receive a foe's attack, and then attacks on, uh, automatically hits. It absorbs their weapons. Nasty. So, yeah. So there's options there. That's probably out in the Mornland, though. Um, good morning from Brazil. Cool. International international crew. So what else do we have? Um, uh, Karshak was one of two such machines. Um, creations. Constructs. The other being um, uh, Karshak is a lightning rail is insane. I used a naughty word. Um, had a mate, uh, Mason, uh, my Mesenta. Mesenta was destroyed. Uh, Karshak was one of two such constructs, the other being my Senta. My Senta was destroyed roughly five years past. I think they were mates. Uh, Karshak and my Senta were mates. Karshak has fallen into depression since then. I think Karshak wants my Senta back, which could be a fun little quest. Uh, for Karshak. Um, what about the Black Tusks? Um, Black Tusk. From uh, Black Tusk is in horrible pain from his half-constructed uh, form. He hopes the... Um, uh, the docent will end that pain. Um, what other, any other secrets here? What other things do we have? It's always the final three. Final three are always some work. Um, good stuff. What, what do we got? Um, uh, anything about the children of the God drums? Um, I guess, uh, Imperi had hoped to make, um, had hoped to gain access to making and the glass plateau, uh, by gain access to, uh, through Karshak by offering the him the docent um karshak is really non-gendered uh what else uh so imperi is a spy of um uh, imperi uh was fooled into thinking 
uh, Lido was going to um, prevent the nations from using another weapon, from creating another uh, Um, Imperial Defalarm was fooled into thinking Leto's skull was going to prevent the nations from creating another weapon of mourning when in fact he wanted to create it himself oh um, the daughters the daughters of Sorakal uh, are uh, finding a way to making how are they doing it they're doing it through prophecy through through prophecy and experimentation they're sending groups out through portals they're opening up gateways and sending in troops over and over again and then seeing what happened to them uh, until they eventually find groups that find they're, they're sending their own scouts out essentially and then using scrying magic and and uh, to, to, to learn uh, what is going to happen to them uh, and lack might show them that that way we got a lot of threads going so those are our uh, those are our secrets uh, in NPCs we can also add lack uh, Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, monsters. So in this case, um, we have, uh, are there other interesting, I already threw some pretty interesting arcana of the ancients monsters their way. Uh, I actually made a list of monsters that I thought. Let's see. I think I did it under Locations Mornland. In my Mornland uh, page, I came up with a whole, like 10 different creatures from, uh, I need to fill this out more as I go there. Um, 10 different kinds of creatures that you might run into in the Mornland, including the Dread Destroyer. That's going to be awesome. And these are like, as you're looking out the windows of, Kra of Karshak, you'll see like these crazy monuments and weird creatures and stuff. Uh, so some of these, I think, was it the accelerator that they ran into? I think it might have been when I said that there was like a giant locust creature. Yeah, that's the guy. Look at that thing. They saw that walking around. It stands, you know, it stands like 25 feet tall. I guess it says 15 feet tall, but I think it was like 25 feet tall, kind of walking over. It's like right out of, you know, invader uh, right out of martian what, what's the war of the worlds only it's got eight legs um old watsi forms had 101 or 1001 creepy things in the moorland that'd be cool i'd like to find that list i wonder if there's a d100 list somewhere um so the accelerators it's powerful too right cr10 three claw attacks each claw does 19 damage it's nasty control velocity can hurl people around it's a really cool monster so um and there was something, I think it was the Relentless Reaper. Uh, uh, I think my other group faced one of these things. Yeah, uh, so 
the Relentless Reaper is something that um, uh, uh, something that my other group faced that tried to take the uh, docent from the uh, that Silas used to try to get the docent. Uh, it was pretty tough. It was a, a quick fight because he didn't really he couldn't mobilize a lot of it, but that was a neat monster. So I'll probably grab this list of monsters. Not all of them because some of these are really too tough and I'll stick them in my um, uh, I'll stick them in here the monsters but I don't need like the dread destroyer is not going to be there whoops what is this code what it's weird um, so just a list of monsters and I've got a, a, a you know whatever that's fine. Um, Mornland Horrors. Let's take a look at this. Uh, that's kind of neat. That's cool. D100 list of things. Of weird Mornland things. I don't, I don't need a hundred. I'm gonna go with ten. Um. So. I think I didn't really drop in the treasure from last week, so I think I'll just steal it from last week. Save myself some trouble. Although ciphers are pretty cool, so I might I might end up rolling some ciphers. Um, for treasure. Um, let me grab it anyway. No, I'll deal with ciphers. Ciphers are cool. But I do want to do a rod of, rod of um, and then ciphers. And I'll roll them as we go. Uh, I don't need my characters from last week. Um, so I've got everything ready to go. Uh, so one of the major thing, and I was going to talk about it today. So that that's, you know, people wonder, can you prep and in 30 minutes it's been about 30 minutes and i prepped i'm ready to go ready to ready ready to go where we're gonna go i don't think i'm missing anything am i like theater of the grays like what happens in the theater of the grays i don't know they'll they'll be able to rest and people will talk about what the craziness is going on in Eston. um Eston is pretty well filled out so like i'm kind of cheating because i like i filled out Eston before i've got all the different places and i've got you know description of what's going on in Eston. i've got monuments i've got encounters um you know all that kind of stuff um, um, <clears throat> so, um, kind of fun stuff in Eston. So I think I'm pretty set. Uh, but one thing I want to talk about is the layer of black of the black tusk. And I want to get ready for this. So this is my old map. You want to see what like a map is like when you send it in for a draft. That's the one I sent in for a draft. But uh, I actually, let's see, I need to open a new window so you guys don't see all my secret, can't see all my secret stuff. But I have a, uh, let's see. Da -da, da -da -da. Download this. And uh, close it. And open up in downloads. Show in folder. 
So um, we'll start by deleting that map and uh, dropping in uh, this map. That is the map that you get back from a cartographer. Nicer, huh? Uh, this is for the layer of black tusk. But I'm also going to uh, drop this bad boy into um, a VTT. So I'm actually going to run a virtual tabletop today. And I'd like to spend a little bit of time today in the remaining, how often do we got? We got 36 minutes, right? 20 minutes or so, maybe we'll talk about it. Uh, talking about Owlbear Rodeo. Go to owlbearrodeo.com. Um, it's not a Dyson map. Um, that is, uh, you know, who did it? Oh, I should know. I don't know who the, the artist is. Oh, it's, I'm a terrible person. We have a few different cartographers. Uh, I can find out. Hang on. I should find out. Give me a second. Uh, Curse of Black Ice. I, I just got to go back in here and... Da -da. Da -da. Uh, there's the art. Uh, Alex uh, Vandera. Alex Vandera. Neutral party. Neutral party art on Twitter. Yes. Here you go. Go to neutral neutral party uh, neutralpartyart.com. I'll follow them. I should have been following them before. Um, Alex Vandera, map maker, dungeon master, dog enthusiast, and artist. Dude behind neutral party. Lots of cool maps. So they're doing. They did. They did uh, a few different maps for us, and uh, they're awesome. These maps are great. Look at this stuff. Yeah, they have a Patreon too. Take a look at their Patreon. I should take a look at the Patreon. There are a lot of really great, um, there you go, patreon.com slash neutral party. Uh, looks like you get maps, PS, including PSD files, so you can modify them yourself. What do you get for a buck? High resolution maps for a buck. I can't, hard to beat that. Cool. Anyway, so they did uh, the maps for this. Uh, so we're going to Albert Rodeo. Uh, Albert Rodeo is made by two folks in Australia who built this because they uh, were stuck with home with COVID and they still wanted to play D&D. So they um, put this together. They're a front end and back end developer uh, that work together and they uh, created this. So you can join a game or start a game. We're going to start a game. Uh, you can make a password for your game. I chose not to because I don't care. And you get a VTT. So uh, I, I, so it has some default ones, like default straight ones, but I am going to uh, add one and I'm going to add my, uh, oh, you know what I should do? Hang on, show in folder and move that to the desktop. There we go. So a cool thing is I think it keeps track, it, it, it knows uh, this, the grid size, and I didn't realize this, but I, I, I emailed them because I had questions about, um, questions about what they were doing. And they said that it detects grid size when you paste it in. So if you drop a, a token on here, 
Where'd the token go? Oh. I don't think it did the, the, the size right. We're gonna, let's, let's try this again. Uh, yeah, it didn't do it right. So um, it did not detect it. So let's delete that. Can you delete it? I guess I can just change the grid size. Uh, and the grid size is uh, 48 by 84. So it is 48 columns. By save. I think I broke it. There we go. Hey, and there's our guys. So uh, in this one, the the um, um, the grid size uh, is ten foot squares. Um, so here we have, for example, our characters. Uh, I'm gonna drag my tokens out here. Um, um, and uh, it's a big map, so it actually takes a fair bit to zoom in and out, which is kind of, yeah. And I need, so let's see, uh, we're going to delete that token. So I need werewolves. So it has a bunch of general tokens you could use. So if I wanted to just have like, you know, I could I could throw these guys out there. And I've got my, you know, I've got the werewolves that I need. Uh, I don't think it really likes this big map very much because like the it's not rendering the tokens particularly well. The map might be too big. The map is three megs, so it's kind of a big image, but it's not terrible, and the performance is still okay. Um, so I could drop a bunch of these guys on here, uh, but you can also make a token. So uh, if I go to token stamp, uh, where is it? Token stamp two, right? You can make a token. Uh, so I'm gonna just do uh, werewolf images. Let's hope I don't find dirty werewolf photos. Um, here's an MTG werewolf. It's kind of small. There, we'll go with that one. Um, save image to desktop. And I go to Token Maker and I say choose an image. And I pick that one up from the desktop and I put it in there. And we're going to zoom that sucker out. Zoop. And I don't really like that boring ass brown color. So we're going to make it kind of dark gray. There we go. That works pretty well. Heck, that's not a bad token, is it? And then you just say download. And it downloads an image, and we will uh, show in folder and stick that to desktop. And then go to Owlbear, and we click the little plus in the bottom, and we uh, click here, and you upload. And now I've got me a werewolf. Whoops, where'd it go? 
it's all the way at the top. Kind of dark, but it'll serve. And I've got one werewolf, two werewolves for every character, which means there are 12 werewolves there, six werewolves there, uh, and six werewolves here. That's a lot of werewolves. They'll be spread out a little bit more. Let me put them out here. Sorry, podcast people. I know you're listening on audio and you're like, hearing me just moving stuff around. So, yeah, so that's, you know, I've got that. Then uh, Encounter 2 uh, is up here and I've got werewolves and mammoths. So I need a mammoth. Uh, I'll go some mammoth art. And, um, oh, look at that skull mammoth. That's awesome looking. Um, is there a cybernetic map? Cyborg. Somebody must have done art for a cyborg mammoth. It does not appear anybody did cyborg mammoth art. Uh, mammoth transformer. Was there ever a transformer mammoth? Not not anyone that looked good. That's a bummer. So we'll just pick a mammoth. Uh, and we will, that one looks good. So we'll save that one. Save to desktop. And then we go back to our token maker and we uh, choose an image. We'll leave mammoth, stick that in there. We zoom it in. That looks fine. We download. Show in folder, move to desktop. And now we have, uh, we go back to our owlbear and we upload a token and we say plus and we got token two. And then we will drag token two here. And token two in this map is actually size huge, I believe. Like mammoths are huge. They go, um, And in this case, there'll be three mammoths and three. Well, yeah, I, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to drop them on the map right now. But we, now we've got them ready in the token manager. And then the last thing we need is uh, Black Tusk who is a cyborg werewolf. So I'm gonna look for, uh, I think I used this one before, that one's pretty cool. Save that image as desktop. Is that the one I used? Um, I thought it was a better, I thought I had a better one. That one looks sad. Cyborg Wolf. Ooh, look at that guy. That looks awesome. We're going to use that guy. It's dark, but it'll work. Go back to our token maker. Choose an image. Uh, that looks good. 
download, show in folder, stick to the desktop, go to Albear, and upload. And we have ourselves a cyborg werewolf. And he is size huge too, so he's gonna be bang, bang, right? And there we go. Uh, good enough, right? Good enough for our tokens. Um, uh, yeah, so Albear, I have found Albear Rodeo to be a just really easy to use VTT that works, uh, works really well in addition to a AV platform that you're using somewhere else, like a, another collaborative tool. So using D&D Beyond, Discord, Avre, and Albear. I know that's like a lot of tools, but I don't use the grid very often. So for me, this works great. Now other people like, hey, we're all in Roll20 all the time. Great, you're all in Roll20 all the time, you're happy. Uh, I, don't, I don't push this, I don't push any solution on anybody that doesn't work. So you, they should use whatever they want. You should use whatever you want. What, as long as you're playing D&D, you're doing it right. As long as you're having fun, you're doing it right. Um, but I have had people who were using Roll20 and they're like, man, it's, it's a hassle to get people to figure it out. And boy, it's so much easier when all you have to do is move tokens around and stuff like that. So it is a it is a really powerful tool. It's free. Uh, they do have a, you can donate to them. I donated yesterday because I'm using it enough. That I'm like, you know, it's worth me throwing some, throwing some dollars their way. Really cool system. You know, full screen mode. I'm, I'm doing a horizontal. It actually looks terrible in horizontal. It looks, you know, when you maximize it out, it looks awesome. Um, and we'll drop that guy. I might, I might even change these tokens up. I'm not sure I'm crazy about those tokens. Uh, but a very cool tool for, um, uh, for, for running your, your games. Uh, so what other, yeah, roll advantage token stamp is, um, uh, what, how to make tokens. Is that Dyson map? No, um, any other, any other questions? We got 10 minutes left. Uh, what other, what other questions? Any other topics we want to talk about today? Any other interesting things going on? Oh, so we could do a little bit of homework for next, a couple sessions from now, at least one or two sessions from now, probably, which is Car Shack. Uh, what's, what did you say the map tool you use? Uh, uh, if you're talking about the virtual tabletop, it's called Albear Rodeo. Uh, that is the, I'm pasting it in the chat and it's super easy to use. Um, car shack. So eventually, so what is car shack? Car shack is a super powerful war forged creature creation built during the last war as part of the transport network and, um, and defense network, uh, between making and Esten. Uh, making is where they were working on the weapon of the last war. And Eston is where most of the scientists were. So you can think of this as like the national laboratory, the national labs during the, um, during World War II. It's where the Manhattan, it's, this is the Manhattan Project, right? And, um, but since the end of the war, it has been left to rot. And it's, it, it had a, there was another train, another, another, so it's a train, right? It's a giant Warforged train. But it's also more than that, right? It's it's connected to the cities that it transports to. Uh, it has a personality, and um, Karshak in particular is grieving for the loss of Mycenta, who was the other Warforged that was that was the the train that traveled between making and 
Metrol on the eastern side. Um, this is our all-powerful Warforged. Let's use it to move stuff between two places. Yes, but it also did more than that. It also was like defender of the city, which is why it can it can it controls the wandering creatures or kind of controls or just sort of lets them do whatever it's they want to do. But it can blow up the city, for example. And I think it just might. I think when the characters, when they when they get on the train, I think the train's going to whoosh. And then it's going to go boom. And they'll go, what was that? And they're like, well, I don't care about it anymore. I'm not going back. And they're like, you just killed like a thousand people. It's like, if I kill those people that way, what do you, how, how much how much do you think I care about you? Right? Um, that was a great line from uh, uh, the movie... Um, uh, it? it was a Robert De Niro movie about spy Ronin. There's a scene in Ronin where the villain is driving along with this guy and then pulls over and takes out a gun with a silencer and a scope and aims it at a kid and starts to fire it. And the guy knocks the gun and a bullet goes like right up above her head. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, I don't even know her, you know, and I was ready to kill her just to make a point. So if I don't even know her and I was willing to do that to her, what do you think I'm willing to do to you? Right. And you're like, Oh, this guy's scary. He gets his. Does he get his? I think he gets his. He does get his. He calls a bluff on a guy, and the guy calls a bluff. Um, Ronin should be required viewing for all game masters. It's pretty great. It's mostly like an adventuring party that then turns on itself. Um, but it's pretty great. But yeah, later he calls the bluff of a gangster, and he's like, you know, your 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 young beautiful wife out there who's ice skating. I'm spoiling it. I shouldn't spoil it. Go watch the movie. It's good. Um, what was I talking about? Karshak. So what is Karshak? So the problem is like, I, you know, so I'm stealing Karshak from Blaine the Mono from the Dark Tower series. But the problem is I don't think that that scene works particularly well as a D&D scene. And I don't want to quote unquote railroad it because it's a big train. So I want to have some options there. And I, so I'm, I'm kind of saying there, there needs to be more to Karshak than just like a riddle train and they beat it with riddles or puzzles or whatever. I think that's kind of lame. So I want to have like, how do you have all three pillars inside the train, right? And, and it could be that like you have, so there'll be NPCs inside the train. They, they, you know, I have some ideas. So I actually sat down, I watched the movie uh, Ice, Ice, not Icebreaker. What's it called? Uh, Snowpiercer. Close. Snowpiercer. And it was a, a whole movie where the whole thing takes place on a crazy ass um, train that's like a self-contained environment that's been going for 18 years. And um, uh, I was kind of like, what would be the interesting cars on the train? And what are some, you know, how can the, the cars on the train lead to different ways of them sort of dealing with the train? And um, so I wrote, let's go back to our notion notes. Uh, I put some notes down for this. Um Karshak. So Karshak is a location, a villain, and an NPC. It is all of these things. Uh, open as a page. So here's a cool picture of Karshak. That's actually stolen right from Blame the Mono. Um, uh, I have a map, and I don't know if I'm going to use the map. Like, I've got it there. It's kind of handy, but, you know, I don't think that the map. So really, I, I came up with nine... And I'm, I could I could use one more. The nine cars. There'll be ten cars, but I don't know what they are, right? And these are the ten cars. So you have to think like, well, Karshak was built mostly to transport material and artificers from Eston to making. Like that's what it mostly did. But it was also in the time of war, and these guys were the most critical people uh, for war. So what you know? So it also had to be a war machine, and it's sort of like a you know 
yeah, it's sort of a commander, right? So, um, so what power is it? Is one. What is the engine? And my idea was that it is an it is an engine that is built off of the chaos energy of Kithri, the plane of the turning chaos, and it has a ancient archway inside the train. They moved it inside the train. And the archway is a manifest, creates a manifest zone between the world and Kithri in the engine. And it uses that energy to pilot the thing. It, it can it can sort of turn glyphs and the glyphs glow and the and the and the you know the portal sort of opens up and pours out and that energy is then fueled into the machine that then drives the engine, right? So it's like a it's like a different kind, it's a completely self-contained armored um engine that powers this train. But if you break it, if you screw up with that glyph, you could open up the portal and tear the train into pieces. So there's some fun there. Uh, then there's actually Karshak's brain, right? Which is a, a, a car. It's the, it's the, the car right before the engine. So you have the engine. This is mostly in like the front of the car, front of the train, all the way to the back. Right. Um, and so Karshak's brain is a essentially like the insides of a, of a war forged head. So it's got a lot of like, it's got crazy uh, uh, glyph uh, um, dragon shards that that contain the personality. I actually need to know more about like how the Warforge brain works. Um, it's not organic, but it's mostly magical fused things. So it looks like an ossuary, right? It's got like globes that are spinning and like things that are going. And if you're in there, it probably, by the time you've gotten in there, it's probably defenseless, right? Like the whole thing is like that car is armored really well too. And you're not likely to get in. And if you got in, you could kill Karshak just by banging a pipe, you know, and it would probably wreck his brain. Because it's like an aneurysm, right? Um, then there's the constructs car, right? This one is where uh, most of the um, most of his defense exists, and these are constructs that are like big, powerful warforge things um, that can that will wreck your day if you try to get through them, right? And maybe the characters can get through them, maybe not, right? So, but the constructs car are really, and he says like, you can't go forward. You can go back. You cannot go forward. All right. And forward is where you're getting into the, the thing. So then there's the first class cabin. This is where all the fancy, fancy people stayed and where our characters would probably stay. I don't know about a second class cabin. Maybe we'll have a dining car. Um, I won't get rid of the fine dining. So... The first class cabin is this very comfortable, spacious couches, seats, desks, chairs, um, you know, all kinds of like nice niceties. There are um, constructs there that help make you comfortable and you can be served drinks and everything like that. And it's like super clean and super nice. There are probably showers and sleeping. Uh, right. It's really nice there. Um We'll say first class cabins because there's probably more than more than one. And one thing you can do is you can make the sides completely transparent so that you just look like you're roaring out over the over the Mornland and they can see the horrors of the Mornland on the outside. That'd be pretty cool. Um, there's dining a dining car, yeah, fine dining car. Uh, that's an interesting idea. Karshak's engine reminds me of the Elder Brain. Maybe it is. Maybe that's one way to do it. Is an Elder Brain. Um, but it's a, it's a Warforged Elder Brain. So then, um, oh yeah. So we'll move this up. Um, I'm moving the cars around a little bit. 
so then they have cryotanks. And these were areas where probably like clones of the artificers were held. Uh, but most of them are, are dead now. Karshak's probably killed a bunch of them. He doesn't care about it. He doesn't want him to get out. But maybe there's like one free, right? Like there's, a, there's an artificer, another one of the four main artificers who's there. Uh, and it's his simulacrum that they kept on, on hand in case the main one died. And so there's an opportunity to wake up, you know, to wake up an, an old artificer. Uh, you know, so we have dead artificers. Uh, one still living because Karshak thinks he's dead and it's not. It's just something got disconnected. Um, could steal that simulacrum part from Ryan. Yeah, maybe. Uh, then there's a maintenance and internal storage. This is where the maintenance bots stay. Uh, maybe we'll move this up. I guess you can just drag, can't you? Uh, so we have maintenance and internal storage, which is where like they keep frozen foods. It's where uh, maintenance constructs, so smaller constructs that are not meant for like war or anything. Um, you know, that that's where they stay. Uh, then there's large storage, right? And this is where the remnants of the original equipment that made the first weapon of mourning exists. So you can still feel like the whole area, it's like radioactive, right? Like they moved a huge uh, shard, probably a Sybaris shard through here and they can still find it there. And then the final, ca final car is the war car. And this is where like, it's the exterior defenses for the thing. It's like missiles and fireball throwers and cannons, you know, weird artificer cannons. And, you know, it, it's what's, it, it uses that to um, defend the rest of the train, right? maybe flying Warforged creatures that can fly off the back. So that's where that stuff is. Um, anyway, so that was my first thought about like what to do there. And then the question is like, how do you, you know, how do you do the three pillars? But we're mainly going to talk about that last week. So I have hit one hour. Uh, next week, we will talk more about Car Shack and what's going on there. I want to thank everybody for coming today. Uh, have a great uh, week. And next week, we'll take a look at how things went uh, with the uh, Black Tusks. So thank you very much. Have a great week. Talk to you guys later.